listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week, we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We're your hosts, Sam Collier and Sarah Cho. And today's topic, we revisit rejections. Um, dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> We love him, we hate him, we have mixed feelings about him. Um, but on this episode, we're gonna we're gonna read some of our recent rejections that we've received over the last what year or two. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. Should we just start off by I'm I think we first talked about rejections like two years ago on this show. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if your feelings about rejections have changed at all as you've grown older and wiser? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think, um, I don't even remember what I said. Me <laughs> well, how um, do you feel about rejections? In general, uh, I mean, they are a good way to notify you <laughs> if you got into something or not. Um, I I think maybe I still feel the same way. It's just like how the rejection is handled by both parties. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like could be uh, revisited. Um, but, you know, um, and I'll read some of my rejections. But uh, the one that I feel that gets me going is the rejection when you know you're a finalist to something and then – you get that no, absolute no. And I was sharing with you before we started recording just how I let myself uh, dream and like convince myself like, I got it. (laughs) And then it's like a total letdown when you get that no. Um, But it's just, yeah, I I think those have become my least favorite, to be honest. (laughs) It's also, I mean, I was just thinking about this now. When you are a finalist and then you're rejected, you can clearly see who you were up against. It's really mm. different from being in the big pool where like you don't necessarily find out who the other applicants were. But when you're a finalist yeah. of a small group and then some of those people get chosen and you don't, it feels maybe more immediate um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what they were evaluating your work against. Yeah. Totally. I want to just kind of give an overview of all the different kind of rejections that I have received. So I think maybe twice in my life I have received something in the mail. And one of those opportunities was was something I actually had to send a snail mail application. Like Mm -hmm. I had to print out 30 pages at my local FedEx or whatever and mail it in a big envelope um, and then like received an envelope with a rejection letter in the mail. Actually, maybe this has happened a couple of times, but obviously it's becoming less frequent. Um, and that's really interesting, especially when there's like a little handwritten note on the piece of, there's like a typed letter, mm-hmm. you know, oh, so sorry, we received this many applications. We couldn't accept you. But then there's like a handwritten note, like, try again next year <laughs> or like mm. we really liked it that feels like a really nice touch mm. um it feels very personal 
So that's one kind of rejection. Then there's the like standard email form letter, dear mm-hmm. playwright, you know, we received 500 applications. We regret that we couldn't choose yours. You know, keep writing. <laughs> keep writing. Have a good day. <laughs> Have a good day. Um, then there is the one that's personalized. You know, it's an email, but it like they take the time to maybe write your name and the name of your play, which always feels like I'm sure that takes a lot of extra work, but really it feels meaningful that they took the time to do that. Um, then there's the kind where they, and I find this particularly irritating. Mm-hmm. I can only think of one theater that has done this. Um, I'm not going to name them, but they like in their, in their rejection email, they said, you know, please come to our festival and tickets are available for like, I don't know, $500 or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> maybe send yeah. two separate emails to say those two <laughs> things. Um, and then there's the kind where they just never inform you, mm-hmm. which maybe that's my least favorite. Um, where I'm yeah. just waiting and waiting and waiting and they don't even bother to send a rejection. Um, and then I'm like, well, I guess no news is bad news. Um, and then you just be like me and then you go kindly following up. <laughs> yeah. So you, you follow up with an email. Yeah. Um, tell us about that, Sarah. Okay. So I do follow up. Uh, I have the date. I record the date of when I sent the work out. Um, I typically follow, follow up on, um, opportunities that have, that are like ongoing submissions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no really like a fine print. If there's no fine print that they say, um, after X number of months, if you don't hear back from us, you're not in, <laughs> you know, right. if there's nothing like that. Then, you know, I do after maybe within a year, after a good year, I do follow up and go, hi, my name's Sarah. My play is this, you know, I submitted on this date, kindly following up just, uh, just to know what the status of is and yeah that's you know, so good and, and just like so curious and they do they typically respond back um and within days and just like hey thanks so much unfortunately blah 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 and then the typical rejection but you know you sometimes you don't know if they just got lost like they they um maybe just Maybe their email to my rejection email is in the draft folder. <laughs> They're just like, oh, forgot right. to send. You, like, you just don't know. Um, but I do follow up, but I it's not frequent. I think maybe I've done it like four times in the last three years. You know, it's not well, something I do frequently. Well, they also just feel like I'm sure sending a lot of rejections is kind of a bummer. And so they might feel like, well, if we're not going to do this person's play, why would they want to hear an email saying we're not going to do it? Really? I think they enjoy it. I think they love it. I think <laughs> they they will like rejecting <laughs> plays. <laughs> no, I just imagine that they're like, ha I'm going to reject, reject, reject. Okay, <laughs> I'm well, a good time. I'm, I have a piece of evidence that I think contradicts that oh, okay. allegation. Um, I mean, of course, it's all just words. But I did receive a rejection last fall. I think it was last fall. Um, from an opportunity that said, in this year of all years, we wish only to say yes to our, our artistic community. But with X number of proposals, this was not possible. 
And I just thought that was, that was, you know, thoughtful of them to say, like, we want to support everyone's work. We just mm-hmm. don't have the ability to do that. Mm. Do you feel it would be more honest if they sent an email saying, we love rejecting plays we don't like? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but I, that made me think that I was like, you know, well, actually, I'm trying to think this because I'm, I'm thinking like, you know what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind knowing why it was rejected. But then at the same time, I was like, mm. I don't want to get into that, open that up and being like, wait, wait a minute. So are you saying that if I just cut down to four people and and um, and maybe like <laughs> cut 10 pages and maybe that the scene that you thought it was a little bit little uh, crazy and a little too much, like maybe I just tone it down. Are you saying you'll accept it? Like, <laughs> I don't want to start negotiating. Um, right. But yeah. Um, I could see. I love I that um, as a company, they want to produce all the work. They would, but they just don't have the funding, maybe, or the just the, the capabilities at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a nice one. That's a nice opening to a rejection. Well, and then they went on to say, um, "We hope that the prompt enabled you to write something that excites you, and that you'll continue to work on it." Mm. Um, which I, I think I had mixed feelings about. There's definitely a bratty part of me that's like, stop, <laughs> just, this is too much, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like, just tell me I didn't get in and then that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there's another part of me that appreciates, um, that they are trying to provide encouragement and mm. support, um, And, you know, now that I've been on the other side of reading applications a few times, I'm so aware of how much good work there is. And you just, you know, when you're told by an organization, you can only accept one or two of these pieces and you Mm -hmm. have dozens of pieces that are really, really good. I mean, you just have to say no to so much good work all the time. And I think that must be really um, – that might that must be difficult, you know, mm-hmm. to say no over and over to work that you think is good. Mm. So I, I do – I think I have a better understanding now than I did a couple of years ago of what goes into those rejections, what goes into the, the selection process. And a lot of times it's not – really about the play as much as it is. I mean, it's not about the merits of the play or whether it's a good play as much as it is about kind of logistical things or wanting to balance themes, you know, or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. But I do okay. sometimes get annoyed when they're, like, trying to soften the blow. <laughs> it's like, okay, just – just pull yeah. it off like a quick band-aid and let's get get it yeah. get moving on with our lives. And also like there's that there's that microscopic minuscule like I don't know fraction of a second where you get the email from the organization and you're like oh, what's it going to be and you open the email and you're just like your eyes are just scanning for the word like regret. <laughs> regret. <laughs> like, yeah. Um unfortunately 
And you're like, I don't want to read through all this other yeah. stuff just to find out if I got in or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It when the when the rejection starts with this year, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, I got it. I got I got the message. I got it. Yeah. I'm, this I'm walking year away. Received 250 this year, I'm like, okay. okay, all right, all right. Um. Uh. Okay, so I'll read one of mine. So this one, it was like kind of a, I, I, I got notified through email, like a contact um, being like, hey, yours being considered um, and is finalist. And then so it was like a, a person, I think only because the submission was through email and then it got like a response back mm-hmm. through a person, like an actual person. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like uh, and in saying that I was a, a finalist, I'm wait to be considered. Just hang tight. I'm like on the edge of my seat literally almost every day i'm thinking about what's it, what's the outcome of this yeah um, and then it was the email not even like a well they said like hi sarah and then it goes the first word is unfortunately mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay great <laughs> we're not offering you a spot um but it is personal right because you're directly from a person so it's like let me just say you know we really uh your work resonated Sincerely hope you consider playing next year. Like something about that, like you just said, that personal touch to it. Yeah. And she also explains a little bit of like, you got great pace, community timing, imaginative space is great. Like these are words I was like, oh, this is, thank you so much. That <laughs> means know? so much. So yeah, much. when they like identify something in your play that's working well. Yeah. It's like so generous. So generous. And I'm like, and validating. I'm like, Yes, thank you. Like I, those are some things I try to strive for. (laughs) Comedic timing, especially as a you know comedy writer, I'm like, oh my god, that like literally um, got to me. I was like, oh, like that's all I ever really want to hear is those words, (laughs) pace and comedic timing. It's like, oh, because it's it's the stuff that I'm like, I literally work hard every like try to do in everything I write is pace and comedic timing, especially for comedies, you know? And so just to read those words, it was enough for me to be like, okay, thank you so much. This is great. I'm going to apply again next year, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's just so awesome because they it makes you feel seen. Even though they can't give you a spot, they're still mm-hmm. showing you how much they enjoy your work. And because I think so often when you receive a rejection, you're like, oh, it's, you know, the work is bad. And I, mm-hmm. I don't mean you specifically. I mean, like, everyone feels that way. Yeah. And so when they take the time to um, identify something specific that's working and then say, we hope you'll apply next year, mm-hmm. that really, it feels meaningful. Uh, all right. You're making me like this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading a couple of years ago this um, editor of a lit journal had posted about rejection letters. And she said, the worst thing ever is when we, you know, really like a poet's work, maybe their piece isn't right for this issue. And we say, you know, we would, we would really love to read more of your stuff, but we don't have a spot for this one. Mm -hmm. And then you never hear from them again. And like, 
Oh. And she was saying, when we say we want to read more of your work, we mean it. We don't say that to everybody. Mm-hmm. We say it maybe to like seven out of every hundred writers. And so when we don't hear from them again, it's such a bummer. Mm-hmm. And I really took that to heart because up until that point, I thought that like, that's just, you know, kind of generic form letter language. Mm-hmm. And as I've come to get more and more rejection letters, <laughs> I've learned that that's actually not common. That when a theater or a lit journal says, you know, something specific about your piece that they admire and that they hope you'll submit again next year, mm-hmm. that that's special and you should listen to that. Mm. And you should send them more work. Um, and, and do you and you have you been keeping track of like noting yourself like okay mm-hmm. this place considered it and even though they rejected yeah. me they still so you want to apply again next time I have a very low tech system which is a I think you would cringe if you saw this it's a word document oh god <laughs> um it's all just it's just like a big hodgepodge of chronological dates and the place so each submission entry is just a line of text starting with the date I submitted it the theater the name of the piece I submitted and then any notes and so like it's the text is black until I hear back from them um and then I either turn it green um if I'm accepted or blue if it's a finalist or semi-finalist and then red if it's rejected and if they leave me a note like please send us more work I always notate that Mm. um you know sometimes they say please submit something next year or we want to read more of your stuff or you know let us know about the future of this play I always just put that in my really messy word (laughs) document (laughs) Um, yeah, at some point I should probably turn it into an Excel sheet, but yeah. So that, cause then I can quickly search the name of the institution mm-hmm. or the, I could see, oh, did I already send this play to this place? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think I've noted, um, to myself the places that rejected me, but was obviously very, you know, eager, eager for my work and stuff that, that I was like, oh, because I just, there's only a few of them, so I just remember, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I should like note that. But um, yeah. Uh, I mean, your system totally works because you could use a search and you could type type in <laughs> those keywords. That works. Um. Uh, I'm not judging. Silent. Well, and I can judging. quickly <laughs> you can quickly see like if the text is still black, that means I haven't heard from them. Right. Um. So I can tell what's active. But I do, you know, after a year of not hearing from something, I just turn it red and then I make a note, never notified, <laughs> um, which is very irritating. But it does allow me, like, if, if I can see that, you know, I never heard back from someplace and it's a year, I'm going to mm-hmm. start using your method and just following up. with Just following up. Yeah. Just following Kindly up. Kindly following up. Yeah. Kindly. Bold. Italicize. <laughs> <laughs> Kindly. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, 
on the vein of um, sometimes we don't know the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, in my this one rejection letter, uh, they say that it says like we read many wonderful scripts this year, including yours, and deeply deeply regret that due to our size and resources, we are forced to turn away many talented and worthy writers. Yeah, uh, we truly appreciate your hard work and your interest in the conference, and hope that you will submit your work to us again in the future. So yeah, I mean, like something else, just say it. Don't <laughs> be like, yeah. And I just, always used to read resource. that and think like. They're just being nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I knew that no theater could produce like 250 plays in their season. So they, <laughs> or, you know, or like a thousand plays in their festival. I knew that. Mm-hmm. But um, it just seemed like language. Like, I just thought, well, obviously, there are like a lot of bad plays and they just picked the good ones. And mine was one of the bad ones. Mm. until I started reading submissions and I just realized that there's just so much good work out there. Mm. Um, and and also so much of it is subjective. Yeah. Sometimes your work just isn't right for a particular person or reader or theater. So I counted up. So my play Daisy Violet, um, I've had at this point three or four readings slash workshops of it and I counted up all the rejections I've had of that play just starting in 2018 wow I definitely had more since then mm-hmm. I mean since before then and I've had 29 rejections of this play and three acceptances um, wow since 2018 and I just think it's so important for people to know that rejection it's just it's just part of the game and you can't mm-hmm. take it personally because um, if I were to stop after 10 you know, or whatever, like that, and that play would never have been done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think I've just in general, I'm not, not saying like one particular work had this number of rejections, but just going back to 2019, I have maybe a total of it's like what forty rejections, mm-hmm. and then twenty nineteen I had one finalist, twenty twenty one finalist, and then twenty twenty one like a proposal or whatever got accepted. Mm-hmm. So it's just like wow, it's like the number is <laughs> so interesting of how many I submitted and the work I submitted or. Um, and the number of rejections ratio to a finalist or being accepted. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's interesting to look at it that way, the data <laughs> in that way. It's like, oh, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, and I think it's so important to remember that sending out applications is in and of itself getting your work in front of people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not accepted, they are still reading your play and – um, becoming familiar with your work and your voice. Mm-hmm. And that is valuable on its own. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so in that same rejection letter that I just read, mm-hmm. um, the ending. So so when I got this, I, I had no heads up about the play being a finalist. Like I had oh, no idea. Okay. There was no like, hey, 
just letting you know you're a finalist. You know, there was nothing like that. It was this email just came right at me. Um, and so it was like, again, thank you for sharing your work with us and congratulations on being selected as a finalist in a very competitive year. We wish you and yours the best of health. And I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. This was a finalist. <laughs> you know, it was just like. So would you prefer this since then you didn't get all your hopes up? I, <laughs> I guess so. Cause it's just like caught me off guard. And but, I mean, but the thing is I was, I think I remember texting you. I was like, did you submit it to this place? And did you get the same uh, email? Like, is everyone a finalist? Because, you know, <laughs> know that they're just sending, saying this to everybody because um, I needed some sort of a confirmation. Like, is this really true? You know? But it um, says your play made it to the final round. They're not going to say that to everybody. They're going to all the voices. I know, but I really thought, I really thought that – because I'm not going to say this name, but I just remember a few years ago, uh, one conference was like saying the same email to everybody that everybody was a oh. semifinalist or something. And I was just like, oh, I just assumed like they're just saying this to everybody. And so, um, but yeah, so it really caught me off guard in that way. Yeah, I don't know. I think there is something nice about just finding out at the end of the process that you were a finalist without being prompted to dragged through the (laughs) ups and downs the emotional Mm -hmm. roller coaster of getting your hopes up and then getting them dashed Mm -hmm. definitely there's something to be said for that so what's your ideal rejection letter ideal Um, my ideal rejection letter is that they accept me Uh, no, um, I, I think I really like just the personal, like a little bit of personalizing and being like, what, I mean, obviously they're not going to do that for like 500 plays, you know, like here's yeah. why your play didn't get up. Like, here's what we loved about it. And like three buzzwords, you know? Um, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> um, so something personalized and specific. Yeah. I mean, ideally. I think yeah. so. Um, but I also understand that depending on the institution that they get, they receive a lot of work and they just can't, they don't have the capacity to personalize every right. email. Right. Every well, that's email. what makes it special. Because yeah. if every yeah. rejection letter were personalized, then it probably wouldn't mm-hmm. feel special anymore. Yeah. I also don't like it when they're patronizing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't tell me – you know, keep writing. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to keep writing. Yeah, yeah. I would. Like, do you think I'm 10 years old? Keep on writing. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Um. Um. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's, it is so funny to just see. Um, I don't know if it's funny or depressing, but just I have tracked since 2013 like every rejection and every mm-hmm. places i submitted to and um and it's like y'all this just takes so long <laughs> it's good it's like it's just you're in it for the long haul you have to be like yeah. mentally um prepare yourself for that but then once you have that re- 
record of all those submissions, it does feel like you're like all the rejections are kind of accumulating into something mm-hmm. of substance, you know, yeah. like, oh, I've been doing this work for this many years. And um, I'll, I'll say this since 2013, my spreadsheet game has been ups and improved. <laughs> my my spreadsheet game is like on point. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed with myself with all the color coding and <laughs> All right, all right. I'll switch to a spreadsheet. It convinced me. I also think I really like it when they tell me the numbers. I find that very helpful. Of like how many um, applicants? Yeah, or like I got this one rejection for a residency I applied to and I'm looking at 2019 and they told me I made it to a short list of 17 out of 253. Wow. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's super specific. Like you told me how many applications there were and you told me how long the short list mm-hmm. was. Um, and then they encouraged me to apply again. And that I, I felt that was very meaningful, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you never know with a short list. Oh, is that five? You know, is that 30? Um, so I like that detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what so about you- when they tell uh-huh. you the people who were accepted in the rejection letter? They're like, <gasps> do you Wait, what? That? Like, no. I don't know. I just feel like I've occasionally gotten one where, I'm, where it's like, you know, dear applicant, we're so sorry we couldn't accept your play. Here are the chosen ones for the festival. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Was that terrible? Oh, my gosh. Well, I kind of like knowing okay. rather than having to track it down on my own. couple things. Um, <laughs> I mean, just like from like organizational standpoint, like why would you blow that – announcement or quick mm. that soon. You know, and like as an organization, you probably want to like, you know, prep and like write that, you know, uh press release or something. You know, like yeah. why why just like blow all your announcement that way? Like that's it's makes always been like very small theaters. So maybe they were not uh, see, thinking I about see. it. <laughs> not so yeah, I way. I guess. Um, like okay. Yeah. But met Okay, I, I, I see. I think I understand what you're saying, or like how now I'm visualizing that letter. But oh gosh, because you know what I would do, right? It's just like now I'm, I see the names, I see the titles, I'm quickly Googling, and I'm like, maybe I wasn't up for the, you know, <laughs> that, you know, that yeah. um, caliber or whatever. Um, but yeah. I have such mixed feelings about that. Hmm. Or they're like, here's our email announcing the winners. And like, it's just kind of a mass email to everyone who applied, but it's not saying you're rejected. It's just like, here are the ones we picked. Mm-hmm. I see. It feels very impersonal, but like, I guess it's efficient. Like, okay, you're gloating. You're gloating. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like, in high school, you know, when they posted mm-hmm. the list of the cast list or something oh, yeah. on the wall and you just go and check and, oh, no, my name's not on there. Yeah. Oh, I'm tree number two. 
Mm-hmm. And you find out in this very public way. Yeah. There's like people crying in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Were you the one consoling? Probably. Oh my gosh. I'm sure. I was like, it's okay. You can try again next year. Tree number two is a really good part. <laughs> There's no small parts, There's only no- small actors. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's enough rejections. <laughs> Listeners, what is the best or worst rejection you ever received? Let us know. Yep. Let us know. And feel free to send like a, a screenshot. Redact the... <laughs> Anyway, uh, and just because I want, I want, want to read it. Um, okay, so glistens. All right, my glisten go. is that the state of Ohio announced this week <laughs> um, they will be awarding one million dollars each to five randomly selected vaccinated oh people in their state. Which I mean. I just it's one way. <laughs> I, I have so many feelings about this. My first feeling was like, why is Maine not doing this? Because I could really, you know, get in the running for that. <laughs> I um, just when I when I heard this, I was like, what is going on over there? Is this like the Willy Wonka vaccine? Like ticket. <laughs> that was my second thought, which was just like, this is ludicrous. People like it's just so American. Oh, you don't value your own life and the lives of your families, but you'll do it for a million million dollars? Yeah. Who wants to be millionaire? Um, (laughs) uh, It also, I was just like thinking, we know there are people dumb enough to do like multiple vaccines. They'll just like stab themselves. Like, give me 20 (laughs) vaccines. I want the Johnson. I want the Moderna. (laughs) To increase their odds. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We... Come on, like let's be real. But then there are people who will be turned off by it because they're like, "Look, the state of Ohio cannot buy me. You know, I will not sacrifice my bodily uh, rights for any amount of money." I don't know. I think <laughs> if you know, if you had the worst year of pandemic, you're broke, you lost everything, like. You'll be like, I will do this. I want this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I just think like any opportunity, if there's any opportunity for a chance for free money, like I think people will yeah. do well, whatever you might be right. I wonder if more states will do this. We'll see. But I did. I did say. Did did I tell you? I was like, Biden should start just paying people who've taken the vaccine. Another stimulus check, you know, Um, and start incentivizing that way. There's so many incentives, like um, like states giving away free things. Like actually, the state of Maine, if you get vaccinated. I got vaccinated too early, so I'm not eligible. But they're Mm. giving away like free hunting licenses and fishing licenses, and like wow. uh, state park entrance fees and all these things to people who get vaccinated now mm. oh, you know what california should do like what? free rent or free house for like a oh, year yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like free, house free housing for a year probably more than a million dollars that'd be amazing um okay 
My glisten is a uh, square pizza pie, Sicilian <laughs> style. Um, so what's been kind of sad in my neighborhood is just like seeing shops close, you know, yeah. or like things like that. But at the same time, it was it's been crazy all to see new shops open that are kind of taking over. Like they 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 maybe they were doing really well during the pandemic and then not like mm-hmm. opening shop. Um, so this pizza place that is usually in um, I think like West Hollywood, a little bit further out, um, opened up shop just literally a block from where I live. And I was like, oh my gosh, this pizza is so good. Um, <laughs> it used to be a Pizza Hut, this place, and I guess it was oh. new. And so we ordered the pizza yes last night. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna post it on the Instagram very soon. But <laughs> but oh my gosh, it was so good. The the crust was so buttery, and mm. uh, we also ordered the meatballs. I mean, what is what's different about Sicilian style pizza? You know, I was wondering about that. <laughs> I was like, what makes it? But it is a little spicy. Mm. Has like a little kick to it, um, the sauce. So I kind of wonder if that's what makes it Sicilian. Does um, it have a very thin crust? Uh, it's not not too thin. No, no, it's it's kind of like a almost the size of like a sheet pan. Mm. Um, it's rectangular. Yeah, rectangular. So the box is rectangular, mm-hmm. um, and so it's. Just as dense as maybe like a sheet pan. So, um, yeah, it was really good. We're probably going to go there at least three more times. Yeah. In the next month. Um, it was really good. And it's also such a good uh, – if if we have friends over anytime soon, like it's such a good like party food. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Any Sicilians out there? Know what I'm talking about? My great grandparents were Sicilian. Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. Yeah. So you're are you Italian? Part Italian? My yeah, my dad's mom's side of the family. Mm. Um, yeah, my dad. So I spent some time with my dad's cousin this mm-hmm. past week, and she was saying that when they were kids the adults would all just sit around the table and talk for hours and they'd be telling a funny story. And like, just when it got to the funny part, they'd just switch over from English to Italian. And like, <laughs> then they <could laughs> never knew what the funny part of the story was. Oh man. Probably cause it was inappropriate. So funny. The kids listening. Um, on mother's day, um, we went to see my mom and my grandma and mm-hmm. we like all sat down ate dinner for like first Aww. time in a year. And it was so nice. And and Nick is there. And <laughs> we all – it's we we speak like a mixture. We go Korean and English, kind of go back and forth and back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And Nick, I remember after the dinner, we were on our way home. He was just like – I think it was the first time I kind of understood everything. <laughs> I was like, oh. Because it's like the, he, the English gave him a little context or like – and then the yeah. Korean, how we're saying it, the reaction gave him, gave him a sense of like – what we're talking about, like how we're feeling about it. So it was just mm-hmm. funny he said that because he was the kind of like, I think I understood everything in that conversation, even though the half of it was in Korean. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, but that's what it reminded me of when he said that. But yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful day.
tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.beckettsbabies.com. That's www.beckettsbabies.com, and you can contact us there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.